it has been a real honor for Judy and I uh, to share in the ministry with you. And uh, <clears throat> I'm very grateful to Roger uh, for his trust and confidence uh, in me. What a pleasure and it has been to be a part of this great church. And I'll tell you from my last day, what a day outside. Is it not a beautiful day? Just kind of makes you feel glad to be alive, right? I'm telling you, amen. And speaking of life, I was reminded of a conversation this week that uh, took place between a Catholic priest, a Methodist pastor, and a Jewish rabbi. Now they were talking about when life begins. And the Catholic priest said that life begins at the moment of conception. And the Methodist pastor said, no, no, life begins at the moment of birth. Well, the Jewish rabbi said, you're both wrong. Life begins when the kids move out and the dog dies. <laughs> now we may debate as to when life begins. But there is one quality that is essential to sustain life on earth. And that essential quality is a four-letter word. And it is hope. Hope is absolutely the cornerstone to sustain life on earth. So, <clears throat> on my last Sunday to be with you as interim, I've deviated with some pastoral privilege from the story to share with you in parting a core value of who I am and of my faith in Jesus Christ. And it is found nowhere better expressed than in our scripture for today. Our scripture will come from the New Testament, the book of Romans, chapter 5, and I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 5. I invite you to open up your Bibles, follow along, to hear what the scripture says about hope. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exalt in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings perseverance, and perseverance proven character, and proven character Hope, and hope does not disappoint because of the love of God that has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. As I stand here on this final sermon to give, there is one word I want to leave with you. One word. That word is the fuel to my soul. And that word is hope. 
This is my faith in Jesus Christ. Hope never fails. Will you join with me in a moment of prayer as we begin to think about this? So, Heavenly Father, may now the words which are about to come from my mouth and the meditations that we will choose to place upon our hearts, may all of these things be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, as a pastor... I see myself as a physician of the soul. And every physician will always from time to time write a prescription for a treatment to help. And so as a physician of the soul, I want to write for each of you a prescription. If I had my pad, I would write on it Romans 5, 1 through 5. Read three times a week, preferably with a cup of coffee in a comfortable chair because it contains the essential quality to life on earth. Abraham Maslow was a preeminent American psychologist who is credited with developing what has become known as the Maslow Hierarchy of Needs. Dr. Maslow identified the essential elements needed to sustain life, and he summarized it in three things. Dr. Maslow said there are three things that we need in order to live life. So familiar are these three. I bet I could start, you could finish with me. What are the three things we need to live? Food, clothing, and shelter. To which I would add a fourth. And that is hope. Hope is the cornerstone of the Christian faith. And when I say hope, I'm not talking about a wishful thought like, I hope the Astros will win the World Series. <laughs> That's more like a wing and a prayer right now than a hope. No, no. Christian hope is not a wish. Christian hope is the byproduct of faith in God through Jesus Christ. Christian hope is defined this way. It is a strong and confident expectation <clears throat> that the God who has worked through all of history to save life will do it again for me and for you. This is Christian hope and it is the byproduct that comes to those who believe in God through Jesus Christ but we come to those moments in life when our soul becomes empty. Something happens and it drains from us life 
we become hopeless. There is a very interesting syndrome that has been identified of late. It's called the low battery syndrome. You know what the low battery syndrome? It, is, it was a survey that was done by a media company, LG uh, company, and, and they discovered that nine out of 10 people begin to panic when their cell phone power drops below 20%. Panic starts to set in, and we worry about losing power. Now, this low battery syndrome is not a psychiatric disorder, but it does remind me that there are things in our lives, something will happen, and it begins to drain the energy in our soul. And panic sets in. I wonder, what causes you to panic? For me, it's the word cancer. On a routine doctor's visit, an anomaly was discovered in my kidney. And by chance, the doctor ordered an MRI at Methodist Hospital in the medical center. And the MR came back that renal cell cancer had developed in my kidney. So massive had the tumor become that the kidney had to be removed. For most of you, that is not a problem because you have two kidneys. But not for me. You see, I was born with only one kidney. And the treatment for renal cell cancer is the removal of the kidney. So when my kidney was removed, I was thrown into renal failure. I could not urinate. Which means... My body will die in seven days because the poison builds up and it will strangle the life out of me. So in order to live, my body was tethered to a dialysis machine. Three times a week at four hours a session, I had 16-gauge needles. One would be stuck in my forearm here and it would draw out every ounce of blood in my body over a four hour period and pass it through the cleansing machine and then return it through a second 16 gauge needle in my arm. Four hours a session, three times a week, I was tethered to a dialysis machine. And every time those needles went in, I cried because it hurt my arm and my soul. I had lost hope because life as I knew it was gone. It was changed forever. 
it would never be the same. And in fact, I didn't know if tomorrow would come. I was hopeless. And so I ask you, what causes you to panic? What makes you feel as though life is being drained from you? Disease? Divorce? Death? Dialysis? You see, food, clothing, and shelter, they only take care of the physical need but not the spiritual, emotional need. It is hope that addresses our emotional need. It is hope that fuels the life within us and the will to live. Without hope, we are unwilling to live. Which is why the good Lord declared that there are three great virtues of the Christian faith as reported in 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And what are they? Faith, hope, and love. These three things sustain life within us. Faith is how we know God. Love is how we serve God. Hope is how we exist with God on earth. And there is no life within us without hope. So God, in his great wisdom, developed a pathway by which all persons could build hope in their life. And it is found in the fifth chapter of the book of Romans. It is such a powerful, beautiful passage in five verses, it eloquently expresses what happens to a person who believes in God through Jesus Christ. It reveals an intimacy with God. And it tells us what happens when one calls upon God by faith through the cross. When we believe in Christ, what we receive is hope. Hope enters into our body. And this is how it works. The scriptures reveal. When we call upon God in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes inside of our bodies. And we begin to experience an awareness. And this awareness is not an illusion. It is real. The Holy Spirit makes us aware of the presence of God. And that awareness triggers within us a confidence that we are loved by God and that that love will endure all things. And so we have hope that whatever we face, this is our confidence. God will have the final word and that word will be good. That is our hope. That is our strength. Listen to what he says. But not only this, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering, tribulation, brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope, and hope 
will not disappoint because the love of God is poured out upon us through the Holy Spirit. So I ask you again, what is it that is your trouble, your testing? I like the word in the Bible, tribulation. What is your tribulation? Know this. Hope can be ours. And I want to suggest the means by which we can nurture hope in our lives when we face the panic, the tribulation. And I'll give to you an acronym, H-O-P-E. First, H. Hang up. Hang up the anger in your life. Let go of the anger. Whenever a negative experience happens, anger develops within us. And it's usually at another person. Well, let go of the anger. Listen to the words of Jesus in the 23rd chapter of Luke when he was nailed to the cross. What did he say? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Forgiveness is a powerful force. Notice I did not say forget. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, be thou stupid. It doesn't say that. It does say forgive. You see, when we forgive, when we let go of our anger towards another person, you know what we're doing? We are releasing their control in our lives. When I say I forgive somebody, I'm saying I have decided to let go of my anger towards you which is still controlling me. And I don't want you to control me anymore. So I forgive. I still learn my lessons. I'll still hold on to the knowledge. But when you forgive, you let go of the anger. For four months... I would go in for my dialysis treatments and I cried. It hurt. Those are big needles. And drawing every ounce of blood, I was just in a world of self-pity. And after three months, I had an epiphany. I sat there and I thought, you know, I can be on dialysis and miserable or I can be on dialysis and I can be happy. I'm going to be on dialysis. Therefore, I choose to be happy. And in that moment, brothers and sisters, my life came alive again. I started to see the blessings and the gift of life all around me and I began to understand that there was great joy in my life and that I was still alive. I let go of the anger and I began to come alive again. H, hang up. O, open up. Open up to the possibility of a new beginning, of a new idea, 
of a new possibility of something great happening in your life. Many times, God will hide a blessing deep within a problem to see if we will have the faith to find the blessing that he wants. Listen to the word from the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11, when God says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to give you a future, are you ready? And a hope. God has a plan. And more often than not, it is in the problem we face that the plan comes forward. And when I began to look for the new things, what could all of this mean for me and my ministry? I became aware. I started to praise God for cancer. Because now I can go to any one of you who has faced cancer and I can say, I know what it's like. I'm a cancer survivor too. Let's talk. I am so grateful God trusted me enough to let me have cancer. Hope. Hang up. Open up. Pray up. Whatever you face, whatever causes panic, bring it to the throne of grace and talk to God. Pray about it. Did not Jesus say in chapter 7 of Matthew, Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will open. When I was diagnosed with the cancer and with the dialysis, I called a special meeting of the church council because I felt like I could not lead Christ's church anymore. That I would fail them because I would be so sickly. And so I told them that I was going to resign as the pastor to the church. And you know what they did? They laughed at me. They said, oh no, you're not getting out of this job that easy. Uh-uh. We are going to journey with you and what we're going to do right now is to pray. Martha Urban. Martha. A double mastectomy breast cancer survivor who was the lay leader of the church said, now Dan, you just sit down right here. And when Martha said sit down, that's, that's what you did. I sat down and the leaders of the church came and they all put their hands on me and they started to pray. And I had an out-of-body experience. I could not see anything around me because there was this glorious light and I felt as though I was being elevated off of the floor. And in an instant, I saw a light that was blinding. It was the presence of God. And these people had prayed over me and led me to the throne. I knew in that moment, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow in his hands. God will speak.
speak to you a new word. Hope. Hang up. Open up. Pray up. Enter up. Enter up into the eternal presence of God by trusting in Him through Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, I've learned a lot about life through cancer and dialysis. I have learned that God blessed me with my cancer. And I began to thank God for the dialysis. I thank God for the men and women who I've never met who invented dialysis and kept me alive. Had they not done their work, I would have died 16 years ago. You know what that means? That means I never would have met you. That means I never would have seen my three beautiful granddaughters. It means I never would have seen my son marry a beautiful woman. And I began to realize dialysis is a gift and God did it for me and if that wasn't enough Methodist Hospital required that I be cancer free for three years and at the end of three years I was put on a transplant list and on the day I qualified my sister said now I'm giving you a kidney and for 14 years, I have carried a part of my sister's body right here, her kidney. Isn't that amazing? My sister sacrificed a part of her body so that I would live. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that familiar? For God so loved the world that he gave his son. God sacrificed his body so that you and I might live. And when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, his Holy Spirit comes inside of us and he gives us hope. First Methodist Church, do you know this hope? His name is Jesus. I want you to know I love you. And this is our victory in Jesus. Hope never fails. Pray with me, won't you? Thank you, Lord, for the gift of life and hope that you give unto us. Fill us now with your presence. Grant us your strength. Give us your hope, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.